Do you love to connect with donors? Are you interested in overseeing a portfolio of donors and connecting them with the impact their support is having? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a full-time donor cultivation specialist to join our dynamic team in Langley, B.C. If you or someone you know feels called to serve families while growing in their skills, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. Today on Focus on the Family, we'll hear from Deborah Pagay, who suggests that what you say matters. So I like to give people a challenge to go the next 24 hours, don't express any displeasure with anything. Mm. Not the traffic, not the weather, nothing that you can't do anything about. That's a challenge from Deborah Pagay, and she joins us today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Hey, John, for anyone who's ever said something they've later regretted, um, this is going to be the broadcast for you. Uh, We're going to talk about how to tame the tongue. That's probably one of the hardest things to do. And of course, it's not the tongue. It's just the deliverer of the message. It's our hearts and uh, what our minds are thinking about the world around us. And God wants to get control of that for very good reason. We are reminded throughout the Bible to do everything without complaining or arguing. Uh, That mandate in and of itself could take us a lifetime to accomplish. You mature over time. And the Christian community call that the sanctification process. And, uh, you know, with God's help uh, and the Holy Spirit's guidance, we can improve substantially in that area to take control, take captive that nasty tongue and actually bless people with it rather than curse people with it. Mm-hmm. Here at Focus, that's what we want to be to you. If you struggle in this area, uh, we're here for you. Call us. Uh, we have counselors. We have resources like Deborah's book, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. And uh, that's an area, if you need help, we're here. Our website is focusonthefamily.ca or give us a call at 800, the letter A in the word family. And uh, Deborah is a certified public accountant, a Bible teacher, a speaker, uh, author of a number of books. And Jim, you mentioned that, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. I think this is perhaps one of the most convicting topics we've covered in, on yeah, the broadcast. It will be. <laughs> Wait till we cover it. Deborah, welcome back to Focus. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about this topic. It's so good to have you. You know, one thing, and I want for our listeners to better understand, I was so impressed with your your resume, and I'm not going to read everything, but you graduated with an MBA from USC there in Southern California, former VP of MCA Universal Studios Venture Capital Division. You are a finance person, aren't you? I, I'm also, a, yes, I am, but I'm also a former maid who made 75 cents an hour, so let's get that in there. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, just everything that you've done, you've uh, gone through the John Maxwell training, uh, leadership certification. Uh, you, you just have done so much. You are a high achiever. I like learning. Okay, that's good. I like learning. I think it's good for you, good for your brain, good for your attitude about life. I'm always looking forward to something. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Is your husband similar in that way, or how does he manage uh, your life together? (laughs) We're completely complete opposites. We look differently, and we always say we're as different as we look. (laughs) Okay, so this is good. So how do you tame your tongue when it comes to your husband not behaving the way you want him to? By taking heed. (laughs) I love what the psalmist says. He says, "I, I will take heed to my way that I sin not with my tongue. But I had some good mentors, and one of my mentors always told me, she said, now listen, that tongue of yours, you're going to have to really pay attention to it. So she said, always stop 
think and pray before you say something. I'm like, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And this book has sold over a million, a million. copies. Yeah. Why do you think people have resonated with your message? Well, first of all, I think it's because God took a mess and turned it into a message because I wrote the book <laughs> I <like laughs> because that. I messed up. I, I mean, it was it's an accidental book, but I don't like to use that word accidental when I'm talking about the things of God. So I'm going to say it's a providential book. But I really messed up and told something I wasn't supposed to tell. And I wasn't being indiscreet. I was just trying to rescue somebody. And so and it backfired. I was trying to help somebody out, blah, blah, blah. It backfired. And she was so upset with me. I decided to go on a tongue fast myself. I'm going to put myself on a plan for 30 days. And I'm not going to say anything negative. Now, now just try that. All so right? this was for you in the end. It was, it was a personal project for me only. I appreciate that vulnerability. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of people would say, yeah, I wrote it for a friend. <laughs> no, I wrote it for me. And, and, and people kept, and I would put signs in my office at work. Uh, it would say tongue fast. That means when you come in here, don't discuss anything negative. I'm on a tongue fast. If people started to be negative, I'd say, I can't discuss that. And so somebody said, I believe God wants you to write a book. No, I believe God wants me to work on me. <laughs> Okay, so and, and, and this really is capturing that journey yeah, and absolutely. what you did. Yeah. Now, why are we so broadly, why are we all so affected with tongue problems? I mean, it's so natural for us in our flesh to lash out, to say things we regret. It why? is because we are human and, and also because we're not uh, created carbon copies of each other. And so we don't always know other people's sensitivities. You know, you may jokingly say something about my dark skin. You may not know that I am just like, oh, don't say that or whatever. You just never know what people's sensitivities are. And so you are bound to offend somebody. Yeah. And, and even though you're challenging us for 30 days, you started to say, you know, just try it for 24 hours. I yes. want you to finish that challenge because okay, so, I, I think you're going to say it's hard. I'm, I was going to say that at the end, but I'll say it now because don't think you can do all 30 of these uh, tongues that I've listed in the book. I have 30. 30 negative uses so of one the tongue. Each day. Just try one a day or just try one a week. Yeah. <laughs> just, for instance, if you have trouble telling the whole truth, you tend to tell half the truth. Hmm. Just say, this week I'm going to tell the whole truth and nothing but. I'm not going to imply something that's not true. Here's an example. I'm, I tend to run late for things sometimes, and I'll just come <laughs> in. Now, in LA, you know, I would rush in and go, ah, traffic. Yeah. Now, it's I didn't always say I was in traffic. Yeah. I didn't say I was in traffic. I just said traffic. <laughs> Half truth. My husband said, listen, the half truth is a whole lie. <laughs> wow, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And so, but, but see, you see subtle ways that we can not, like not tell the truth. And so we all have negative uses of the tongue. So I, I when I started this project, I said, I'm going to look up every negative use of the tongue I can find in the Bible. I'm going to find scriptures for them. And then I'm going to uh, put a challenge out there to refrain from it. So that's what I did. Yeah. And that's good. And we're going to cover some of those. Yeah. One is the know-it-all tongue. Now, the people that are the know-it-all people just went, no, don't yeah. cover that one. <laughs> so, we already have this one. Move on to the next one. <laughs> what is the know-it-all tongue? Where you just can't even receive from anybody else, but every subject that comes up, you have the final word on it. Even if you're in Bible study and, and there's been a great lesson laid out and you'll say, but what we have to really remember above all, it's like, no, we don't. That's not above <laughs> all. <laughs> You even have the vocabulary for this. <laughs> no, really. Oh, oh, here's the funny thing. When we're buying a car, because I, I deliberately like to let people teach me things, I, I just think it makes them feel better. Especially yeah. if they even need, if you already know it. If you already point. know it. And see, that's a big challenge. That's it's hard, hard to do. To let, especially for a man. 
Yes. <laughs> you want to be the teacher. Uh, I've yeah, been here, yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. Let and me show you how to change yes. that tire. So, sometimes when we're buying a car or something and, and they'll talk down to me because I'm the little woman, I think it's so funny because I am a CPA and they'll explain that, you know, with interest, you know, the payment has interest and principal. I think that is so funny. I have an MBA in finance. I can do an amortization schedule in my head. And I'll say, okay, and I'll just act like they're t- yeah. <laughs> telling me something. <laughs> It's hard to bite your tongue in that case. <laughs> well, but, but if you choose to, because let me tell you why you want to do that. It's pride. You don't want anybody to think you don't know something. It's this fear of appearing to be inadequate. Yes. So, no, no, I'm adequate. I know that already. Well, that's true. Um, that's true. I think for men, it's hard to say I don't know, if I could be blunt. It's hard to say that. And that is something we got to get over. Wait, and, and there are, there I'm are, working there are on examples it. Of, of it in the Bible. That I, should be the one, the 30-day challenge of saying I don't know. Yeah, that's what I, I'm going right. to do. Yeah, what okay. about in marriage? How does this know-it-all tongue tend to play out in mm. marriage? Well, I tell you what my, what my mentor told me when she said, um, when I was engaged, to Darnell and she was in a car with us one day we were discussing something and she said okay Missy (laughs) we know you're smart but don't know everything (laughs) she said let him know some things and I'm thinking to myself yeah I plan to let him know some things (laughs) (laughs) starting right now now. but I I, I took that to heart let him know some things you don't have to jump in there and say I I can do that and so I'm I'm pretty good at being vulnerable It, it just helps yeah, <laughs> it but it helps. is it's a maturity in Christ to be able yeah. to bite the tongue and say, okay, I don't have to straighten him out every time. You don't have to straighten anybody out. You don't have to tell somebody, I, I know that, or, you know, you just don't have to do that. That's pride. And you well, got to call it what it is. there are teenagers, though. You might want to straighten some of them out. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, okay, now the argumentative tongue. Oh, boy. Oh, is this one hitting a little No, uh, I grew up in a family there? that liked to argue. My, I, have, hmm. I have relatives that arguing is their norm. Okay, so let me ask that. The, so your family of origin, how you grow up, could shape some of these Absolutely. maladies. You could, you could become like that or you could come, become the complete opposite. I decided I didn't want to be argumentative because I just thought it sh- an argument should have a resolution. <laughs> Right. Not just keep going in a circle because that's <laughs> how my parents argued, and they just—I I never saw them really resolve something and say, "Okay, from now on, this is how we're going to go forward." It would just become circular. They just go into the next level of an argument, and I just think when people do that, it's because I think they're maybe feeling insecure about what they do know. Yeah. Why do you need to argue that? I have a, a brother who likes to argue the Bible. I don't argue the Bible. I just tell you what part I embrace, which is all of it. And if you choose not to, that's fine. <laughs> that sounds pretty definitive. <laughs> But it's true, and I, I can, you know, I can understand that. I think you can create an environment of arguing, yes. and some people might even say that's a positive because you want to be able to stand on firm ground. You want to be able to defend your positions, and you should. You should be able to defend your faith, but you don't have to be mean about it. Well, that's true. Yeah, you know, I totally believe because that. Because I, I think that's what's wrong. Even in, in politics, I'm, you know, this last election just split a lot of relationships. Sure. And I'm thinking I, I'm friends with everybody. I, I embrace everybody's right to believe what they want to believe. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Why do you have to believe the way I do? Well, okay, that's a good place to put that argumentative tongue. What about again in marriage? Let me apply this here. When you have the spouse, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's the wife or the husband, right. just the spouse, who, who is just constantly picking a fight. What do you do? What if you're the uh, receiver of that? What advice do you have for that spouse to say, honey, can you stop chewing me up? I'm not processing at your speed. I'm not. You're just killing me here. Well, well, I think you need to agree quickly with your adversary. Yeah, right. <laughs> As the Bible talks about agree quickly with your adversary. So if my husband and I are in a discussion, I will say, I hear you. You see, I don't, I don't give any fuel to that. I'll say, I hear you. If he's putting forth a point, and if I don't 
I hear you does not mean I agree with you. It means I literally hear you. Right. <laughs> but that helps. But because it reduces the friction. It does because half the part of, of resolving an argument mm-hmm. is for that person to feel like they've been heard and you're validating their point. So I hear you will do that. Huh. I, I hear you. And then I can say, we can just agree to disagree. That's yeah. what makes us so unique. We're different. There is, and I think generally when people say, I hear you, they do hear you. There is yeah. the occasional time when the right. person being told, I hear you, knows you're not listening. Well, you got to listen, though. You got right. you got. So it has to be You listen with your sincere. eyes and, and your expressions. You, you listen and you nod your head. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at fotf.ca. At Focus on the Family Canada, we're always seeking to meet the changing and growing needs of your family. That's why we've developed our free Focus on the Family magazine. It's spiritually grounded and relevant to your needs. Get your free subscription at focusonthefamily.ca. Find parenting tips, practical marriage guidance, useful advice on media, and encouraging ways to help your family grow in Christ. Sign up for your free subscription of Focus on the Family magazine today. Visit focusonthefamily.ca. Depression can leave a person feeling lonely, exhausted, and even ashamed. We need tools and support to distinguish normal sadness from the debilitating burden that depression can be. That's why Focus on the Family Canada created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and resource suggestions that address depression. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash depressionpdf. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Deborah, the complaining tongue. I mean, again, these are societal problems right yes. now. We seem to relish complaining. All of us. Yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. And we got to be sensitive to it. That's why I call this a fast, where you become keenly aware of your tendency to engage in these negative behaviors. And complaining is so natural. I don't care. You can be in a market and everybody's... Here's, here's a good example. In the bank. In the bank. Oh, the line is long or whatever. And for people who still go to the bank, yeah, most of say, us do, do you online go in banking. The bank? I don't well, think I've been in the bank that, in you know, years. <laughs> you know, like in years, you got to go there. Or, or I have the to send, too long. I, I have to send money <laughs> off of the relatives in distress. So you have to go to Walmart or somewhere. Stand in that <laughs> okay. line. I hate it. But, you know, but the complaint is like, oh, and I'm thinking, you're standing here because you have access to resources. Do you know that half the world lives on less than $2 a day? So the half yeah. full cup. You right. Know, so, yeah. but here's the deal. You got to be become aware of your complaining. And I think that we could actually park on this and spend an hour talking about it because it is so easy. So I like to give people a challenge to go the next 24 hours. Don't express any displeasure with anything, Mm. not the traffic, not the weather, nothing that you can't do anything about. And in the scriptures, the psalmist says, I poured out my complaint before the Lord. If the person you're complaining to can't do anything about it, stop talking. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'll, here's one that's funny for us. Uh, I remember when I first started Focus on the Family. It was 1989. Wow. That was a long time ago. And I was on a training mission with another person, and we were out, and we went to a rental car counter to get the car. And the, the, they had no cars. And Ooh. it was just out of a comedy you know, situation. And so the person who's training me from Focus on the Family was kind of upset you know, with the, the agent saying, well, I reserved a car. Why wouldn't you have a car for me? And you know, it was a little heated. And you know, are you wow. going to get a car? And the, the person finally brought all the information up on the screen. And they said, oh, Focus on the Family. I love Dr. Dobson. Oops. Focus on the Family. <laughs> and this person went, Oh, great. That's so wonderful. I mean, their tone changed like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was a great lesson for me to bite my tongue. You know, when on an airline problem or a rental Absolutely. car problem, I'm trying to always behave myself because you never know when they're going to say, oh, I listen to you on the radio. Okay, now, lest I sound like a walking Bible, let me tell you, this is what keeps me from complaining. Romans eight twenty eight. All things are working together for my good. Now, I, it may not look like it, but if I stop and tell myself that this delay is working for my good, this traffic is working for my good, God is protecting me. That's a hard one to believe. Come on. No, really, I do it. I <laughs> do it. Traffic's oh, this traffic's working for my this good. This traffic, I'm, you know, and, and I don't care if I get up there two miles later and see an accident. Well, that could have been me if that car hadn't cut in front of me and slowed me down. Right. You know, so we got to believe that. It's, yeah. it's a good way to look at things. Yeah. Let's go to the self-absorbed tongue. I mean, oh, that one's, that's tough to say with your tongue, but uh, the self-absorbed tongue. What are you describing there? I'm describing a person who's always talking about himself. <laughs> the me monster. <laughs> they're, they're not interested in you, you know, and what you're about and your dreams and hopes. They're just talking about all the wonderful things that happened to them. Oh, my book, 30 Days to Tame Your Tongue, has sold a million copies. And I'm in Denver doing six media interviews. And I'm just me, 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 me. Can I ask you, though, at the core of that is deep insecurity. Deep so insecurity. So there's, there's more stuff going on there. So Absolutely. How, how does the person, let's again go to the spouse. You're married to that person. Okay. But h- how do you begin to say, honey, have you ever really just recorded what you're saying? Have you ever yeah. heard yourself and what you're saying? H- how do you go about helping each other grow? I would take the sandwich approach. You always say something positive, then you give them the meat of the matter. And you can say, listen, I just love it that God has blessed you in so many areas. Uh, he's just caused you to achieve in so many areas or so many great things are happening. Are, are you aware of the fact that other people may not be as blessed? And it, it may not be very um, endearing to them to hear all about you like that. And yeah. so you might want to focus on other people. Ask them questions and show them how to do it. My mm-hmm. husband and I, have, and he's not self-absorbed, but as part of networking, he's learned how to ask people questions and be interested in others. Yeah. Because you know they say that everybody's favorite subject is what? Themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like to focus on other people. I don't want to just focus on me and what I'm doing. I like to ask them questions. You know, so, so tell me about your background. Where did you grow up? Yeah, yeah. and it's so people love to engage and they talk do. about themselves. And we got to watch that so that we and we listen to it and be yeah. genuinely interested now, in it. Here's the greatest challenge on earth when you have children, and especially again, I'll just go to the teen years. Uh, that's an important parenting tool: how to ask questions of your teenager, yes. rather than just dem- and really thoughtful questions, not how did school go to today because yeah. that's grunt yeah good yeah uh, even if you ask them who's your favorite teacher why what do you like about her style yeah who, who, what teacher do you not like the most what, what do you not like and about why not that? yeah and then don't be judgmental about don't it be judgmental. Well, that's a great Just teacher listen. Yeah, you no. need to learn math yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen it's fun two ears one mouth listen there you go <laughs> Uh, you also uh, mentioned a moment ago the half-truth tongue. I, I really appreciate all these wonderful tongue twisters that you give us. <laughs> the half-truth tongue. 
elaborate on that a little bit more. I like that idea of, of prevarication is okay. what the scripture calls it. Well, we don't think we lie, do we? No, let's well, just call it what it is. Lie. It's just it's a, a half, half lie. lie. But as my husband said, a half truth is a whole lie. Yeah, embellishing. But I used to be the queen of that. I would just tell half the truth if I had to take off from work and take my mom to the doctor. I only needed like four hours, but I would just take off the rest of the day because, like, oh, I had to take my mom to the doctor. Do well, think- I did take my mom to the doctor. It right. didn't take all day. Do you think? <laughs> I'm I'm saying that because I think in the Christian community we really pour ourselves into this one because <laughs> we can get we think we're getting away with it but the Lord sees that and he doesn't want that he, he wants us to want be it. honest and straightforward I guess the question then becomes are we a culture that that struggles with honest and straightforward We struggle with sin period and if we're not conscious of it, which is why I like for people to go on these 30-day periods of abstinence from certain things, because it sensitizes you to where you are. You know, and we all have areas of our tongue, especially that we could be, we could be less critical. We could be less, a whole bunch of things. And so if we, if we tend to tell half the truth, understand that it's displeasing to God. And if you want to read a story just kind of like that with Ananias and Sapphira who sold their land in the book of Acts. And, and they said, because uh, everybody else was selling land and donating it. It was such a, a, a culture there that everybody was sharing. And they said, yeah, we sold hours, but they told a lie. They did sell it, but they lied about how much they sold it for. They kept back part of it, and God struck them dead. I now, think a lot of people that read, they go, wow. You know that's pretty I mean? harsh. That's pretty harsh, but I think God was setting a precedent to say, listen, this, we're not going to tolerate these. Don't mess these. with this. Yeah. Yeah. No, we need to tell the truth. Foundationally, we need, to, we need to base the church on the truth. Back to what you were saying, though, okay. about your own experiences. Why were you telling half-truths about taking your mom to the doctor or something. Oh, because I was question. trying to mislead people. Listen, any lie is an intent to deceive. But for what purpose? Because I wanted them to think it took all day so I could go do something else. I don't want to say I took my mom to the doctor for three hours and I spent the other five shopping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can, 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 I, this is a really I, tough I, one. I is it the... ever reasonable <laughs> to just, you know, uh, you have to tell the whole truth really every time? You don't have to volunteer the whole truth, but if you if you always have to look at the intent of the heart. If, okay, if your intent, even the with crux. the silence, yeah. if the intent is to deceive, meaning I want you to think something different than what the reality is, then you are lying. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is. It is. See, if you just call a spade a spade, then you can just go in and be healed. Yeah. You can't be healed of things you conceal. You really can't. Now, in that context of encouragement, uh, you know, it's so fun. It's almost like giving a birthday present when you can be an encourager. Yes. But again, uh, just personally, that can be a struggle at times because you're feeling like we need reprimand, we need course correction. There are times when you have to be helping them see right. the path and giving them hope rather than punishment well giving them hope but ha- sometimes it might be punishment and an expectation though that i know you can do better than this and there may have to be a punishment but don't, you don't leave it with just that well and i just want people to make uh, and me to hear from you that you know course correction is okay god that's truth and Absolutely. that's that's something that god wants us to do to encourage each other even paul writes about that to to right. finish the race strongly to rise up to the right standards. And when you, whenever you can, encourage rather than criticize. And I think that is just so critical because it impacts other people's progress. When when you read the story of Miriam in the Bible where they criticized Moses and then uh, God struck her with leprosy, the whole place came to a standstill. Hmm. They couldn't move. Nobody could move forward. And I say that's a lesson there because when you are critical like that, it, it really impedes other people's progress. Right. And so... You, 
one of the things we can do, and in the book I talk about the fact that not only should you refrain from these 30 negative uses, but find 30 ways to uh, be more positive. Encourage somebody to say, yes, you can do this. I, let me tell you a story. I have a friend who lives, whose husband is very mean. Uh, and I called her one day and I said, I just want to tell you that your merchandise is good. I, I was studying Proverbs 31 and I said, she perceives that her merchandise is good. I want to let you know that you have good merchandise. And she said she kept that message on her phone for like forever almost. That's amazing. She wanted to hear Just that. that little bit Validation. of encouragement. Yeah. yeah. How, what kind of trigger do you use? And and I guess for temperament reasons, you know, you have a more negative temperament to a more positive temperament. So the the more positive person, it's going to come more naturally. Yeah. So speak to both of that. How, what kind of trigger do you use to say, oop, I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm not going to say that negative thing I thought of. And you're doing this in milliseconds. Yes. And you're going to say something positive and encouraging. Right. What, what trigger do you use to make sure you... Well, here's my trigger. The Holy Spirit will often tell you, don't say that. You know, he's just, <laughs> it's like a caution light. He's like, okay, you need to stop talking. You're about to mess up. And then sometimes, and I have to tell you, I don't always, I sometimes I run the light. I violate it. <laughs> Especially if somebody's not doing a great job. And I hate this because I'm thinking that's not brain surgery. And I've actually said that, but I didn't know what a negative impact that had on somebody. To one of my former employees, uh, he, he lied about his qualifications and he couldn't do the job. And I looked at it one day and I said, that's not brain surgery. How hard is that? Well, that's like saying idiot. That's a cutting remark. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't but realize I, I could that. be right with you. But it, it, it wiped him out. I didn't know that. I yeah. think, well, you shouldn't have lied about the job. The least I'm going to do is give you a tongue lash and you shouldn't now, have lied again, about it. Again, a lot of people are going to say that was reasonable, Deborah. No, Why are you beating though. yourself up? I know, no. but some people will say, <laughs> yeah. so how do we need to interpret that it wasn't? Because there's a logic to that, too. The tone, the put down. When you say everybody knows that, what are you saying? Except you, idiot. Okay, so let's back the tape up. <laughs> let's back the tape up. Play that forward how it should have and been And I done. said, okay, he, he didn't post the receivables right when I was working as a CFO at this place. And I said, now, I, you know, I shouldn't have said, how hard is that? I'm going to say, what aspect of this did you find confusing? Because I could use that as a teaching moment right. rather than a moment to beat him up. And you don't add this. It obviously right. confused you. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so what part of this do I need to, did I not make clear? That is or so what good. Why do you need more clarity? I could ask that question if I'd stopped, if I thought about it and prayed about it before I said it. But sometimes you're so frustrated when you're so goal oriented. And that's why when you are a high achiever, you have to watch your tongue more probably than anybody else. Well, and you think about that, the immediate response is, wouldn't this be a better world? But think of this, wouldn't it be a better church if we had these principles down? Talk about the retaliating tongue, because that's one we need to cover here at the very end. Because it's so easy to fall into that spot. And especially in marriage, because you know (laughs) retaliate means to return the punishment. So you're keeping score. Yeah, you're keeping score. And, you, and if he says something, I'm going to say something. Why do you need to return the punishment rather than seeking first to understand? So I will win, Deborah. No, but, but have you won? <laughs> no, in the end, you lose, right. you lose everything. You lose because words never die. Right. And that's what we have to remember. Words never die. They're going to last like they're going to be like shrapnel in that person's brain. So you don't need to return the punishment. You need to seek first to understand. Why don't you turn that into an opportunity to say, could you explain more what you mean by that? And even if it was mean, the person said something that was mean, you need to say, you know, your tone really hurt me. Yeah. It's okay to be vulnerable and to say that, that those words really hurt me. And I really wish you would think about it next time. If you think about this, what's so good is this applies to every area of your life, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your work relationships, in your friendships. I mean, this is a secret to living a blessed life and and a good life. Words frame our, our relationships. So whether we're at work, our words, you can encourage your boss. 
and become one of his favorite people. Oh, you will. <laughs> you That's will. For sure. Try it. It works. I, I've done this. My husband the other day, I said, I, you know what I like about you? And he's so used to me being positive for a reason. He said, oh, is this a setup for you to ask me a question? <laughs> There's a list coming, right? <laughs> right. Saturday's list is <laughs> right. on its way. So I don't know Fix about you. Fix the door. We're back to that, <laughs> yeah, John. Fix the door. No. Just call somebody. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Deborah, this has been so good. Uh, what's the end of that story? Well, I wasn't about to give him a list. I just heard about a guy who was not as uh, sensitive <laughs> to his wife's needs as mine. And, and, and I wanted to tell him that, that I was so appreciate the fact that he was. Good. But he thought I was setting him up. Yes, to every ask man will. Because <laughs> it was Saturday. <laughs> but it was a true compliment. <laughs> it was a true compliment. And, and he liked it later. But he said, oh, I thought that was a setup so that you could ask me to do something. Well, what a fun conversation with Deborah Pegay on today's episode of Focus on the Family. And I'm sure if you're like me, you've been a little convicted by her message. Every time Deborah is with us, she brings such good biblical insight and wisdom and practicality. That's why she's one of our most popular guests. And you know, here at Focus on the Family, we want to equip you in your faith walk so that you can be a better husband or wife, a better dad or mom. And we're here with biblical answers to your questions and solutions to your struggles. We also have great resources available to you, like Deborah's book, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. You can get it directly through Focus Canada, and that money goes right back into ministry, providing hope and help to families just like yours. And we do rely on your prayers and financial support to further the reach of Focus Canada. We want to be available to help your family and others, so please become a ministry partner today. Donate monthly or as you can and get your copy of Deborah's book, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue. The details are at focusonthefamily.ca or call 1-800-the-letter-A-and-the-word-family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for joining us for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. Christ.